Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hoag. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Ditka versus the Hurricane, who would win? Ditka, Ditka. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the Hurricane is Hurricane Ditka. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns minus the Hogue part of this podcast. Again, welcome in the Fishman, Kevin Fishbane, live from Mobile, Alabama. Kevin, what is going on? Johnsy, it's Senior Bowl week. It is the unofficial start of draft season. And as I said to some of my uh, reporter brethren out here, this is really the Bears' regular season. <laughs> and it has been for the past decade plus that this is when things get interesting this is when things get fun uh did they laugh at that joke yeah they did they did they get it but there's a lot of teams like that. yes yeah and and all those teams wish they had the resources the bears have true 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 that's like the unofficial well like coaching circuit right if you're looking for a job is that still the case where, where coaches are hanging out Trying to make connections? Yeah, I have heard of a couple of coaches who are down here just networking. Actually, a fun story about that, Johns, with the Bears connection is uh, for folks who see my story, it's up on Thursday. I talked to Justin Hines, the assistant defensive line coach of the Bears, who's coached the defensive line here. And he told me you know, five or six years ago, he came to the Senior Bowl. He was working at Samford University. He's like, he's like I don't know anybody in the NFL, really. And I'm just trying to figure out who I can talk to. That's what, that's what these guys do. They come down, they're just like, who can I talk to? It's networking for them because all these NFL coaches, GMs are here. So these college coaches are people who are in between jobs. And, and it was kind of cool for him because now he's in it. Now he's the guy in the Bears gear on the field. So, yeah, this is still a little bit of, a, of an unofficial coaching coaching convention. Yeah, of course, we have our famous story of watching Sean Desai interview with Mark Trestman. Sean Desai went on to be a defensive coordinator in this league. Um, you know the deal, everybody. Uh, HoganJohns.com for all the merch. Uh, thank you to Obvious Shirts, as always. You can read Kevin and I on TheAthletic.com. He is down in Mobile covering the Senior Bowl all week. Got good stuff already up, good stuff coming up, right? Something on Kerry Joseph to tease? Yeah, we got uh, stories up on, as I said, I'm sorry, Thursday. Um, some observation. I talked to a few of the centers. Um, Johns, the offensive line coach down here, is Bears tight ends coach Jim Dre. So I was curious what that was like for the offensive linemen. So I chatted with them about that. And then I will have a story coming up probably 
maybe Monday. That's just kind of a recap of everything Bears related, things I heard, things I saw. Um, get to new love get to the gossip. Coach. Yeah, so a lot of gossip, a lot of rumors. Can you give and, us a and, nugget you know yet? Like anything well, semi-juicy? Don't the, give us the lead, but what do you got? No, I mean, here's the thing. It's the second year in a row down here where, like, the Bears are the topic. Like, people are coming to me and being like, you got a busy offseason ahead. Whoa. Like, this is wild. Yeah. But there isn't a whole lot of what are they going to do with the number one pick. Like, they're just – and this isn't, like – this isn't Ryan Poles, you know, these aren't Bears people. This is just other people who are putting themselves in the Bears shoes. And and they, you know, they're kind of like, this is what I would do. They would take Caleb Williams. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And not, we'll not a for next week. Yeah, not a consensus, but that was, you know, when you're talking gossip, like last year, I feel like there's a little bit more of like intrigue. And a little bit more, com- like there were there there haven't been as many conversations about Justin Fields this year as there were last year because I think last year there was still this like, what what's next for him? Yeah. So when you Having say consensus, a- is that what the Bears should do at quarterback with the first pick, or does does that still involve maybe what's next for Fields? That's just what the Bears should do, like with the first pick, and. I'm and I think this will be kind of fun for you and me to go through this journey, where like, all right, in a month when we're at the combine, how consensus is that conversation going to be? And then after the combine, when we're at the owners' meetings, you know, then what's it going to be like? So I think that I'm still keeping an open mind that this is going to ebb and flow a little bit to use your favorite phrase um but I'm like so right now that one it's ebbs yeah. and flows get it right and, and i'm trying flows. to retire that phrase <laughs> so right now february 1st to echo what dame Brugger wrote in his mock draft a few weeks ago right now like when you talk to whether it's agents or other people work for other teams they're kind of like they they just they don't think there's a, a much of a question not I a full consensus. Yeah, most yeah. People. I, I don't want this podcast to be about specifically those scenarios because I feel like we've already talked about them and we're going to continue to talk about them for until the draft. But how different was it for you to step out of the Chicago bubble where you have such a, a nauseating back and forth about what to do with Justin Fields in the first pick? And now you're in this NFL bubble. All the teams are there. The reporters who cover those teams are there. Like, how different of a vibe has that been for you? Yeah, it's um, it's a little different because I said there are you know it wasn't a full consensus. I mean, there's still some people I talk to that you know see the benefit as we've talked about a lot of trading back, keeping fields. You build up your resources. You still have capital for next year's draft, things like that. Um, but I just think that you're you're not talking to Bears fans. You're talking to people who are putting on their GM caps. It's kind of the best way to describe it. And and they they have a little bit more tunnel vision about you know contracts and roster building. And they they might not be sitting in Soldier Field when Justin Fields 
turns a would-be sack into a 40-yard run or you know so i mean saying so it's it's a like the emotions out of it which is is good and also you know you can argue that those people aren't in the building where people in the bears have all this knowledge about justin fields too so you know it's 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 an out of town opinion, which is, I think is is worthwhile. But it's just we always have to kind of remember that. All right, there are some players I want to talk specifically about down there. Um, before we get to that, like let's stay with the Bears coaching staff. Looks like Flus has joined Ryan Poles down there. I saw a picture of him. I think it was probably Nick Moriano with his super phone. Um, sunglasses are on. Hair's looking good. Looks ready to go, standing in the end zone, talking to Kerry Joseph. At least that's the picture I saw. You talk to Kerry Joseph. He's going to play an important role on what's next at quarterback. Give us your, your takeaways. You ready for the new acronym? Yes, I saw this. D-T-A. Decision, timing, accuracy. That's Kerry Joseph's big thing. Got to make good decisions. Got to have good timing. Got to be accurate. So we did chat with Kerry Joseph on Tuesday. He's coaching the quarterbacks. He's not coaching Penix and Knicks. He's, he has Spencer Rattler, Joe Milton, uh, Michael Pratt. And, you know, he, he, did, he did say he talked to Justin Fields. He introduced himself to Justin Fields at a phone call, talked to Tyson Bajan as well. You know, wouldn't get into, and obviously. And Peterman, I saw, right? And Nathan Peterman, yes. So. You know, wasn't going to get into anything about Caleb Williams or Fields evaluation wise, like, you know, but when you talk to him about what he looks for in a quarterback, obviously it's that DTA, but he talked a lot about what Ryan Poles talked about. You got to know the person. They've got to be a leader. You want them to have some swagger. Um, you've got the quote up, right? About, because um, I, I don't want, but he, do. he you, you want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. Read the, read the quote. Uh, here's the quote. What Kerry Joseph looks in a court, looks for in a quarterback. Arm talent, accuracy, delivery quickness, physicality, toughness, swagger. You got to have a little swag playing the QB position. You got to have confidence. And I like to say arrogance. I love that. I absolutely love that he added that part at the end. I, I don't know why when I, saw, when I saw that quote, read that quote, like my first like I thought of Vic Fangio when he was describing how Patrick Mahomes plays. He plays with an athletic arrogance. Remember that? Yep. Like, and I don't know what you thought of it. You you were there. Like, what are you thinking in the moment when he's describing this? Like, I'm picturing Caleb Williams. Well, you know what's funny is when I think it was Nick Moriano who posted the quote. You have, I think half the people responded responded with a picture of Caleb Williams, and the other half responded with a picture of Justin Fields. Um, because not like Justin Fields is short of some of those qualities. He's not short on physicality. He's not short on yeah. toughness. He's not short on swagger. But there's two words in there. Delivery quickness. True. Not exactly his strength. No. And, and yeah, you think about Caleb, and you think about how much he lines up with that. Uh, yeah, it's – um. It's funny because, like, it took him a while. Like, he didn't, you know, you'd ask him, what do you look for in a quarterback? And, you know, he knew he didn't want to give anything away. But, like, you're the quarterback coach. Like, that's important. We want to know what you what you look for. So, you know, he'll be part of that evaluation. 
and Ryan Poles is going to lean on everybody. And he's going to want Kerry Joseph's full evaluation of Justin Fields and full evaluation of Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden Daniels um, and JJ McCarthy and all these guys. So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, for this offense, I, I asked him too about Shane Waldron's scheme and kind of what it can do for quarterbacks. And I think he gave a lot of credit to Shane. Just Waldron's is one of those guys who can scheme things up. And it made it seem like he'll make it work whoever the quarterback is, which is what you want. That's the best play callers are the ones that can draw it up regardless of skill set. By the way, quick tease. I got a story up on Shane Waldron that went up Monday about his uh, first offensive coordinator job at a high school in Boston, outside Boston, 13 years ago, where he had to take a drop back offense and turn it into a quarterback run offense in like a week kind of a fun story Option. but yeah it's Option. it's uh yeah you do you, you're yes when i was staying there and he said that the first thing i did think of was caleb williams even with his acronym dta dta decision time and accuracy yeah. i mean you've you've seen caleb williams i mean you saw him at one of his worst games in person i know we're gonna talk about him a lot over the next few months but that accuracy is pretty impressive the accuracy is um now you could debate how he plays on time. I think, as we talked to, to Dane a couple of weeks ago, you know, like he, he tends to play. He, he tends to want to play like a superhero out there. Um, but I think it's the same thing with Justin Fields. We're ha- we're having the conversations three years into his career about playing on time, playing with his feet. You know, in terms of having his feet on time with his reads and whatnot. That's a, still this a discussion. Three years into Justin Fields' career, which is a bit different than a, a rookie coming in. Um, I love, like, one of my favorite things about the Bears coaching coaching search, which is now coming to complete fruition here. I like that Shane Waldron is, like, bringing in his own guys with him. I said this on Waddle and Sylvie yesterday. Like, I, I've said it on the show, and we've talked about it. I never liked that Matt Nagy brought nobody with him from Kansas City. Shane Waldron is bringing two coaches with him from Seattle, and he's reuniting with Thomas Brown as his passing game coordinator, who was getting head coaching interviews earlier this year with the Tennessee Titans. He's obviously the offensive coordinator, or the former offensive coordinator for uh, the Carolina Panthers. What do you think of that? Like, I, I love that there seems to be a belief in Waldron that these guys want to work with him. Yeah, and and you know. I, I will say this, too, before I forget. Well, the one nugget I got from talking to somebody in the league about the Bears coaching staff was high grades for Thomas Brown. Like, it was like, that was a good hire. And and you laid it out there. I mean, obviously, the league thinks highly of him. Um, but, yeah, I, it's a great point about Matt Nagy. You know, we're sitting there combing through the Chiefs coaching roster, figuring out who he's going to bring over, and it was nobody. Zero. And, yeah. Luke Getty didn't bring – like, what was his one connection? Uh, Tim Zetz. I was going to say, I cost, cost Tim Zetz his job. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lie. I forgot about that yeah. connection, but it's not um, like he's bringing a quarterback's coach with him. He had to connect with Andrew Janoco, who had one year of experience doing it for the Vikings. Right. Now, those two went back to their pit days, but I know, yes, they were, they had not coached together. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I like this. I mean, you, you, you Shane Waldron built something in Seattle. That's a big reason that the Bears brought him in. And and so, you know, 
Kerry Joseph doesn't need to learn what Shane Waldron likes. Thomas Brown doesn't need to learn what Shane Waldron likes. Your new running backs coach. You know, the interesting thing is the Chris Morgan element of all this, right? Because, you know, that, but Chris Morgan worked with Kyle Shanahan for a long time. He was on the staff with McVay in Washington. And then McVay obviously gets paired up with Waldron. So, like, they, they, they're, they're, there are some commonalities there that should that should work. Well, you just think about like in terms of creating that environment for a quarterback, whether it's Justin Fields or a rookie, Matt Nagy had to teach his offense to Mark Helfrich. As much as Nagy valued Helfrich's experience with the RPOs, it's like why Helfrich was on Matt Nagy's radar, right? Because of that experience. He had to teach him what he wanted to do. You know, same thing applied to, to Harry Heastan, in a sense, you know, who was essentially hired because of his former connections with, with Ted Phillips. So I just like the idea of having a lot of guys on the same page from the start, especially if they go down the road of drafting a young quarterback where you have all these guys speaking the same language who are used to working with each other, who like working with each other. You can't underrate that because we saw how things can sour quickly with the Chicago Bears. So I, I don't know. I don't know how, what's the vibe down there in Mobile. I know I'm asking you a lot about what's going on down there, but you have a lot of NFL people walking around there. I, I think what the Bears are doing with their staff right now is encouraging, especially from a quarterback sense. Yeah, yeah. As I said, like, I mean, you and I knew this during the original coordinator search that when we talked to people, Shane Waldron was the one that kind of got my marks. And... Yeah, he's 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 building the staff and you know, but like I also keep coming back to this too. Like you need to have the right match, right? But it's still like you have to find the right quarterback. And they can have the greatest staff ever. And if they pick the wrong guy, you know, even the best coaches might not be able to make that work. Yeah. Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's. Yep. That's what Eagles defensive coordinator Vic Fangio used to teach us. Yes, yes. Let's talk about a Jimmy and Joe. Jackson, Powers, Johnson. JPJ. Getting a lot of buzz down there. Maybe the best center in the gra- graph, the draft from Oregon. What are you seeing? He's massive. He is He's almost 6'3", 334 pounds. So way bigger than the Bears prefer for their O lineman. He I asked him about, you know, getting, you know, move like yeah, how does he move? move? Yeah. And he he says he loves it. He goes, I wish they gave me the ball. <laughs> um now again, what do you expect the guy to say? I understand that. But I, I liked I liked the way he had fun with the question. And you know, he is one of those guys like I'm curious to see like some of his athletic scores. I mean the, the problem is and we talked about this with Dane last week, right? there's just kind of this dead zone for the bears right now in the draft. And he's probably in that zone. Like they don't pick between what nine and whatever it is, 60, 73. Yes, there's a lot of picks in between there. Right. Something. So, and he's probably in there. Um, But right now, you know, right now he's the guy, I mean, I watched him on the first day of practice in a one-on-one, just put a guy into the turf, you know, and he said like, he likes to finish and we know how much, that's important to Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the center class will be interesting because the other thing, too, is we also have to remind ourselves that it's still the center position. So he might not get picked that high. 
even though he's the one that we're talking about. But we've a lot. seen a couple go late first round sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Which Some is good that could be that could be the area for him. And we also see teams trade back, trade up on the top of the first or bottom of the first. Um, but yeah, he's been talking about I was just again, I was just kind of like taken aback by how big he is. Um, incredibly strong. Uh, you know, so for these guys, these offensive linemen, if they're gonna be in the Bears radar, how do they move? So much of that is yes, you need to have the strength and power. Because Darnell Wright was massive, is massive, but he can move like a basketball player. You know, yeah. he's just like this insanely good athlete. Um, yeah, but yeah, Jackson Powers Johnson, he's definitely uh, living up to the billion this week. How much is Ryan Poles, Ian Cunningham, like how much are you seeing them around the offensive lineman? Yeah, on Tuesday, I definitely saw them kind of in the, in the trenches drills. Now, they're also probably watching the edge rushers. They're looking for three techniques like they always are. Um, you know, that's where they saw they found Zach Pickens there last year in addition to, of course, Darnell Wright. So, you know, they're they're watching those trenches drills. Um, so I feel like I haven't seen them maybe as on top of everything as it, it, was, it was noticeable last year. Maybe part of that was Luke Getze's role. Um, it was just like it seemed like a Bears run senior bowl in a way. Um, but, yeah, no, they, they were down there watching it. What is Jim Dre saying about the offensive lineman? I have not talked to Jim Dre yet this week. Oh, today? Maybe? Uh We'll probably we'll see, but I talked to the offensive lineman about Jim Dre. Yes, yeah. you teased that already. You can't tease it twice. One tease only. Okay, when's that coming out? That's out. People it's can out? read it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I saw it. Yeah. Most of them are like, they said to me, they go, "I can't believe he's a tight ends coach." Like they're really impressed by it, by uh, by the way he taught technique and um, offensive line scheme. Like they they were kind of surprised that that's not his general job. Yeah, waste well, a lot of time with Chris Morgan. Yep. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, 
maybe with a Hogan Johns pull or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Leatu Latu, the UCLA defensive end. Lots of clips coming from him. Um, one that he even lost. Um, I want to say it was against the in Oklahoma offensive tackle. I could be wrong. Um, but he's one of the headliners there. Are you seeing top 10 pick in him? I mean, he's got, like, you know, he's big. He's athletic. You know, you watch him kind of, like, rip through guys. It was very impressive in some of these one-on-ones. Um, yeah, you can, you can, like, there's a difference between him and the other edge rushers. Like, he pops more, which he should. He, you know, he might be the top drafted guy here. Uh, you know, I asked him yesterday, I just think it's a unique situation where the number one thing impacting his draft stock is completely out of his control. Yeah. Like, it's just going to be what teams, doc, team doctors discover or find out or decide after they do their own medicals on him. That's it. And it's just a, it's just a weird spot for a guy to be in. You know, he's done everything right on the field. I mean, the numbers of UCLA are eye-popping. He's doing great out here. It seems like someone's going to do well in the interview process. Uh, it's just going to be how comfortable teams are with the longevity. He's done it for two years. You Should we do give a little background for people who don't know? Yeah, know I, was, I was about to say um, he's an older okay. prospect because he missed what, a year and a half, two years because of a slipped disc. That emerged in his, well, obviously his back. He started off at Washington. I think he played rugby. There's, a, there's, a, and there's a lot of things that happened. Obviously, got healthy, came back, and became a superstar at UCLA. And the Washington team doctors told him you shouldn't, you shouldn't play football ever again. And he decided to play, and UCLA gave him a shot, and they, their doctors were comfortable letting him play, and. It's been pretty good, but you know, you team is going to be taking a risk there. So that, but from a, just a pure talent and pure production and size, it's like, yeah, you can see it for as much as we talk about the first pick, like the number nine pick is, is still very, it's a top 10 pick. It's, it's, it's crazy that we don't like, we would be having podcasts for months and mock drafts and mock drafts and there's all about the number nine pick. Top ten pick. I mean, we did it last year after yes. they traded. Yes, yeah, like yeah. It, like we went through all those guys, and you know, 
we're so understandably focused on number one, but at number nine, I mean, you you, you better you should get a really good player. Yeah, to me, the conversation for that pick is pass rusher or receiver, deeper receiver class, especially in the first couple rounds. So maybe there's more value in taking that pass rusher there, like Latu. Maybe you take a swing on him because of how thin of that that, that position, just in the high end players. Right, at least that's the way it looks right now. Where you wait on the receiver, but there's some darn good receivers there for number nine. Um, I wanted to ask you about some of the other receivers. I, obviously, the superstars aren't there. Marvin Harrison Jr. is not a mobile, but there's some intriguing late day two guys. I think may a lot of second rounders there. Like, who's creating the most buzz? Like, I've seen Lad McConkey highlights. I've seen Roman Wilson highlights. Is it just those two? Like, who else is making a name for themselves down there? Yeah, I think Roman Wilson's done really well. I think, you know, also... I love him as a slot receiver. And he was on everyone's radar. You know, Tez Walker from North Carolina said a couple highlight real plays. I came in here with my eyes, kind of, you know, 17, Xavier Leggett um, out of South Carolina, who Dane talked to us about last week. You know, I kind of wanted to watch him. I thought he had a really nice out route yesterday, high point to the pass, like... I think he didn't come in as he came in at let me try let me look this up. He came in at six one. I think in South Carolina he was listed at six three. It's a bit of a difference. Um, <laughs> it's, what high, it's like what high schools do, <laughs> right? So, but six one I means still you know still somebody that could that 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 could you know be part of your receiving core. The guy whose number I wrote down yesterday the most and I hadn't I didn't know who he was until I got here was Jaquan Jackson out of Tulane. So he's 5'9", 190, you know, short arms, not big hands or anything, but, like, just was catching everything. A diving catch out of bounds is one of the highlight plays of the day. And that's one of those great things where I kept writing him down, and then I get home and and check to see what Dane had. And Dane also had down. So I'm like, okay, good. I wasn't just making that up. If Dane sees it, then I'm, I'm in the clear. You look at what, like, the Seahawks have done at least with the receiving core. The receiver is going to be such an important position to address. I don't know how much money they're going to want to spend on it, truthfully. Um, so you look at the number nine pick. They they obviously have selected two by receivers in back-to-back years in the, in the mid-rounds. I don't think they're giving up on Tyler Scott anytime soon. But Shane Waldron's evaluations, like there's a whole new offensive staff that's going to be evaluating those positions. Of course, DJ Moore is going to look good. He produces with everybody. Every OC, every quarterback, but like, how? Who, what do you want to pair with him? Do you need a larger body like DK Metcalf, or do you need a super slot receiver like a Roman Wilson or potentially a Lad McConkey who just creates separation with their amazing route running? Like, it's both. an interesting conversation. But both, yeah, they're fast yeah. too. Well, because I, I kind of like the big body idea, especially if you're gonna have a rookie quarterback, just to have that big target. Like somebody that you can who's got that big catch radius. Now, not that slot guys don't. I mean, DJ Moore is an insane catch radius, and he's not a big guy. But I kind of like the idea of having that big target just to make things a little bit easier for a rookie quarterback. But you could also make the argument if you're really good slot guy is able to get open on these crossers or or, or different routes over the middle of the field, that's also going to be a great thing for a rookie quarterback. So I just but right, I mean you I'm curious to see where Tyler Scott goes. Like, what does his second year look like? What's his ceiling? Because um, if you want to argue that there's a lot more there, then maybe he's a big part of this thing. 
but you could also say, you know, they, they need, they need more speed and they need somebody else who can separate. You just see the route running of again, Roman Wilson and McConkie. You're like, Oh, let's not overrate like pure speed and just look at the separation and the moves they have, like at the top of their stem to create that separation. That sometimes yeah, it's more rare. Breaking news. What do we got? The Washington Commanders have found their new head coach. Who? Dan Quinn. Wow. He's back. Yeah. How about, like, here's a little tangent. This amazing, unbelievable head coaching class. Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, Jim Harbaugh. I know Jim Harbaugh got a job. but Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. I mean, come on. Did, did Talk about, like, overblown storylines. Bill Belichick didn't get a job. Mike Frable didn't get a job. Pete Carroll is working somewhere in Seattle now. Like, kind of crazy. John Fox was available, too. No, he wasn't. Not really. Not really. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I think that, look, you and I both know this. This is an ego-driven business. And you got to feel really comfortable to bring one of those guys in. And uh, this, at least this hired cycle, nobody was. No, no teams that like, look at the Falcons. I, I thought for sure. And that seems to be the case too, based on some of the reporting that Arthur blank was willing to, to, to give him everything, but he was talked out of it by his own, his own GM and his own front office. It's right. Like, stuff. Like all do like what Mike McDonald has done is incredible. And it's a great story. I'm excited to see what he does in Seattle. But who's running that team? John, John Schneider. Schneider. Right? Like, mm -hmm. you know. So that um, yeah, that's it's interesting. A lot of defensive coaches have gotten head coach jobs, by the way. The Bears are trendsetters, always have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, before I ask you about quarterbacks down there, any other players, especially maybe defense, any three techniques that have caught your eye? You know, Dane said this was not a great three tech pulling out the old notebook here, John Z. Our friends on YouTube can see this research I got here. You know, the D lineman who actually the best day on Wednesday was Ohio State's Where's, where's my guy in here? Let me make sure I... This is good radio here. Michael Hall. Thank you. Michael Hall. Ohio State D lineman. 6'2", 3'8", 280 pounds, 33-inch arms. He had a good day. 11-11, he had a sack. You know, he was just kind of the guy that, you know, you're just writing... Because I don't know who these guys are off the top of my head. I'm just writing down numbers. 51, that was his number. So that was the guy that stood out. I don't know what... If, if he's on Bears' radar, if he's a fit anywhere in their scheme. But in terms of defensive guys, I'm telling you, though, Latu was probably the guy. Latu was probably the edge rusher that – now, granted, I was probably, you know, coming in with my eye on him, but he, he stood out the most. And I do think, too, you know, as we get deeper in this, I want to talk safeties more, especially if the Bears have a decision coming up at some point. Um, Jackson. Right. That that's such a hard position in this setting to get a good sense of. It's an all-star game setting, right? And safety is such an interesting position because as you know, as a defensive backs coach, Coach Johns, 
so much about safety's instincts. And you talk to coaches, and that's that's tape, that's talking to their coaches, right? Like all-star game settings are kind of tough. Now, we'll be looking at the relative athletic scores. We know how much the Bears value that. We'll be looking at guys who are big and long and fast if we're going to be looking at that safety position. Um, but that doesn't measure instincts, and that's going to be a very interesting position if it's something the Bears need to fill. Certain amounts of physicality can't really be measured in a setting where they're not tackling again, right? I know some of those one-on-ones have been intense, but... Yeah, there have been a few tackles here and there, but no, this is, to me, it's, you know, wide receivers, corners, trenches, but you don't learn it. Well, I, I was going to say you don't learn it, but talk about the running backs, but Ty J. Spears came out here last year and was sensational. And you could, and, and we saw his draft stock go up, certainly. Um, so you can, you, you can make a name for yourself as a running back, but none of the guys here, I know we've talked about, you're big on the running back train for the Bears. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can give I can give you a name here. I got I got I got a couple running backs in my notes. Let's see here. Um there was a, the Georgia kid. I don't like calling them kids. Uh you sound like a coach at? and a scout there. I know. Uh I'm gonna Diane Edwards. Um I I thought he was pretty impressive. Shifty my notes. Shifty. It's crazy that no team has hired me to just be a scout. <laughs> You know what? This is going to sound bad. And my friends at the league, if they hear it, like over the years, like collecting information from scouts, they get it wrong too, just as much as we get things wrong and we may get certain things right over them. You know, some sometimes there's an information overkill. Yep. Um, uh, I, I, I got to give them a hard time sometimes. Hey, remember like... Uh, that guy, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say any names because it might give certain contacts away, but uh, funny stuff. Um, one of Dane's storylines for the Senior Bowl was the quarterbacks, and so far, not so good. Just in terms of that, like, that second tier, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, I thought that maybe one would stand out in, in some shape or form and nothing. Yeah, I haven't, I mean... So it's weird that the the American team, at least yesterday's practice, so much of their offense in 11-11 was play-action stuff to running backs and tight ends. Like, there were very few throws downfield. And it's a bum because, like, th- those are the wide receivers I was most looking forward to watching. Um, so it was hard to get a great gauge in the corner. I mean, Joe Millen can throw the heck out of the ball. That's that's evident. Um, there, was, there was one beautiful deep ball by Michael Penix on the first day. They did. Uh, I believe we've seen the Bears do this where they end practice with a one-on-one, which is kind of fun. And and, and Penix Penix put a ball in the bucket. It's pretty nice. But yeah, I mean, there have not been like oohs and ahs to the quarterbacks that are here. Yeah. I'm just thinking back to my own history covering it. Like I remember the buzz that Jimmy Garoppolo kind of created down there um, with his release and his mechanics, how he went from, I think, the East-West Shrine game to a late invitation to the Senior Bowl, developed into a second-round pick. I think it was the same year Derek Carr had a really good year. Again, didn't become a, a first-rounder, but he, I believe he was the first pick of the 
one of the first picks of that that second round of his draft year. Um, Jordan Love didn't Jordan Love have a, a pretty good Senior Bowl week? Yeah, he, I was he had a very at, good Senior Bowl game. Right, I was at a Senior Bowl. Oh, it's funny. I remember Josh Allen's Senior Bowl being like, "This guy's passes are going all over the field, but at a hundred miles an hour, and he's built like a you know freight train." So, but I just remember like, being like, whoa, this guy, I mean, this guy's all over the place. Look at him now. But yeah. that was also what he was like as a rookie. But he was all over the place in a, yeah. in a couple of years, but you saw the natural talent. Um, you do see like the windy days in Mobile when the receipt, when the, the balls aren't, when the quarterbacks throw, have their throws and they can't cut through the wind. I always feel that like that's an important trait. Like, yeah, we've seen a little, we've seen a little bit of that. There have been a couple, a couple deep balls that, that just yeah, some of these guys just haven't had the arms for that. Is that Milton's got a cannon? You know, these guys can Rattler can throw it, um, but yeah, and, and you know, again, part of it is just we're, we haven't the one and ones are letting let it rip. But like when they get in the team drills, we just haven't seen a whole lot of deep patterns. Uh, maybe we should talk to Kerry Joseph about that. Kerry, let let him let him rip. Yeah, let it go, let it go. Um, all right, man. Um, have fun. Where's uh, dinner tonight? Oh, I'm coming home today. You're coming home. Coming home. The, it's been the, enough. It's been enough mobile for me. The uh, you can, the late you can't hear it in my voice. Is that the late direct flight? Yeah. The one and only. I'm coming out of Pensacola. Oh, got a little drive. So I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Um, thanks, man. Safe travels. Uh, check out your stuff on theathletic.com. I think Adam Hogue have to give him this plug. He has his uh, little big board. I like calling it that. His little big board of uh, one hundred players. I got a bone to pick with Adam Hogan. Oh, do it! Yes, this is the, this is the spot. I'm recording the Hogan Johns podcast, and mid recording, I get an email with Hogue's big board. Yeah, yeah. Trying to trying to you know mess with my rhythm here. Well, we got a big episode uh, tomorrow. Today's Thursday. We're going through our defensive tiers tomorrow. If you missed our offensive tiers with Josh Lucas, that's on YouTube. That's wherever we're, wherever you get your podcasts. It's it's out there. Um, just great stuff going through the roster. Kind of an exercise that we've kind of always done in passing. It's kind of unique to talk it through for like an hour and a half. Like the teams actually do for two to three hours. Um, and I'm interested to see what Shane Waldron has to think about a lot of these offensive players. That's for more down the line. But yeah, Hogue's got his big board out, allchgo.com. Kevin's got some great stuff coming on theathletic.com this week, next week. Um, I'll have some stuff next week as well. Uh, that's it. You know, follow us on hoganjohns.com. Get our stuff from Obvious Shirts. And that's it. Hit that like button on YouTube. Subscribe. Kev, safe travels, my friend. See ya. It's my line. See ya. Anyway, uh, who cares?